Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Glitter Cast. My name is Renee. I am a professional psychic witch and your host. I am so excited about today's episode because it features Chelsea Selby, who is the brilliant mind behind Witch Baby Soap. She's so punk rock and awesome. And she also has a really cool podcast called Elder Hour, where her and her podcast partner discuss the folklore of plants. So I'm really excited for you guys to basically hear all the wonderful, amazing things that she has to say about psychic senses, where she finds inspiration for her products, and even time travel. So without further ado, enjoy the show. Then I think we're just going to jump into it. Chelsea, welcome to the Glitter Cast. Thank you so much for being here digitally, or I guess over the phone. It's not quite digital, but thank you for being here with me over the phone today. So excited to finally talk to you. I know. I feel like we've been online friends forever. I know. That's how I feel too. Every time I see you post, I'm like, oh, she was like a little riot girl, like kicking around high school. <laughs> I would have had so much fun with her. <laughs> Yeah, high school years were pretty crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's like... I don't know how I survived. Oh my gosh. I think I know. That's how I feel about high school, but then I even got crazier in college. So (laughs) I kind of settled down for a little bit. I like, um, I I went through this like healing thing. I like moved and I told like one person and then I went on this like healing journey and deleted all of, like, I deleted my MySpace, and I never got Facebook in the beginning. I missed, like, the whole Twitter thing, because I was, like, going to drum circles and, like, learning Reiki and stuff. Oh, my God. That's amazing. That's what you did out of, like, high school, college, or? Um, A couple years after that, I, like, realized my PTSD was, like, as bad as it was when I was really young. Actually, I was watching, like, Last House on the Left. And then it sent me into like a panic attack and I was like, okay, there's a problem here. So I started this like healing journey and that's, you know, was interesting. I went to college for like holistic health and all, all that stuff. And so you just, you just moved from where you were to where you are now or how did that, I'm like, now I need to pick at this because what, like, where did you go? What made you, I mean, you already said, go on. (laughs) I grew up in um, New Jersey but I moved to Florida and then now I live in New Jersey again. Yeah. Now you're back. That's so cool though. I mean, I love that you only told one person and that you just were like, I'm taking this into my own hands kind of thing. Yeah. I called my friend at the airport and I was like, I'm moving by. (laughs) I think like I've done not quite that, but I've done like, like had similar moments where I'm like, I just need to like be on the road for three months and travel. But I think that like, when you're in kind of an unstable place and you make a drastic decision like that, people are like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Sometimes you just have to get away. Like, you know, the, if your surroundings are toxic, then you just need a break. And then maybe it's time to revisit it a few years later. Yeah. When you feel like you can actually like be okay within that situation and maybe even bring the healing back to there. Yeah, that's um, that's like that's such an interesting part of your life, because now, you know, you own a very successful or what I continue to be considered to be a very successful business, which baby soap. How how did you end up sort of deciding to build that business and how did that happen for you? So um, I, I actually think it's something that I was just going to do um, my whole life, basically, when I reflect on it. Mm-hmm. Because when I was a kid, I was into like two things, and that was witchcraft and beauty. Yeah. And it's kind of weird how that happens. A lot of people are like, How did you realize your passion? I'm always like, Just think about what you like basically your whole life. And that's probably yeah. what would best do you as a career, no matter how strange it is. Um, anyway, so I 
started, which may be in my kitchen after having my daughter. Um, we moved back to New Jersey to be closer to family, but I didn't want to rely on my husband for money. I've always been like an independent person. Um, so I started making beauty products in my kitchen and I didn't see anything at stores that really like represented me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make like Ouija board soap and graveyard bath bombs. Yes. And so then it just kind of evolved and kind of became more of like my soul's purpose. And as I was creating, I realized more and more like, what I was doing and why I was doing it. And it all had to do with also my spirituality and my healing journey that I went through. Cause a lot of like what brought me back into my body and like healing my body and healing my mind was, uh, self care and, you know, nurturing my body and taking care of it. Cause like a lot of, you know, um, I'm a lot of trauma survivors really struggle with like, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror or just feeling okay in your own skin, like that feeling of like some, some survivors have like the feeling of like dirtiness or whatever. So to get out of all of that, I was doing a lot of, you know, nurturing of my own physical body. And so it kind of became a thing where I want to help other people feel good in their bodies. Yeah. I mean, I think that's so true though, about needing to, needing to get in touch with your physical self to heal. Because I mean, I have had a history with heroin addiction and the thing that pulled me out of it was hiking and witchcraft. And so it's like, I told, I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking about right now. Like, like a hundred percent. Cause you have to, you have to figure out how to love your body and how to like appreciate it for the amazing things that it does and getting you from point A to point B. But I also think, yeah, and there's, go ahead. No, well, continue. Uh, But I also just think that part of it is like that it helps you ground and it helps you to manifest, like it helps you navigate manifestation, like having a healthy relationship to your body creates a healthy relationship to reality. And that's how you get things done. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like sometimes people focus a little bit too much on outside of the body and not enough on the body especially when like people get into witchcraft in the beginning, it's very like outward manifesting and, you know, not enough like shadow work and just really emphasizing your physical self in this world instead of just like your spiritual self. Yes. No, it's so true. I think about when I had like my major psychic awakening and how unstable I was because I was just going into the, like onto the astral planes. And it's like, you have to be present to make sense of anything that you learn when you're trying to sort of like, it's like you have to detach to pull that sort of other side information, but you have to reattach and you have to sort of apply that information practically. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, yeah. A lot of people are always like, I bet you like really flashy crystals and this and that. And I'm always like, no, I like the really like boring ones because <laughs> they just pull me back into my body because yeah. I spend so much time like as doing, you know, doing witch work in like the upper part of my aura, chakras, whatever you want to call it, spiritual plane. I, I spend too much time in the clouds and I need to bring myself down to yeah. earth. No, I absolutely 100% know what you're talking about. When you're like, when you're creating and when you're making your products and stuff, is that when you feel like, I mean, do you feel like you're meeting those two worlds because you're sort of like doing this witchy thing, but you're creating material objects? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a very like tourist thing too. I'm a tourist mm-hmm. and, um, a lot of people are, you know, I've speculated a lot about the Taurus card in the tarot and it being the Hierophant. Um, and it's, I think it's just bringing spirituality into a physical thing. And just that act of like bringing, you know, what's in the ether into the material is very Taurus, especially like in a Venusian way yes. that, 
we present it in which baby. Yes. Yes. Um, I know that you always sort of like kind of follow the seasons when you're, when you're creating new products and stuff, where are you finding a lot of your inspiration from? So some inspiration, um, just comes from general life experiences. Um, and then other things, uh, my friend Juliet, she, she hosts the elder hour with me. Um, she always tells me like I, I time travel essentially because I like to look at different places that I drive by or certain, um, pictures of things. And I feel like I can see it at a certain time. Like sometimes when I drive by or I go for a walk and I see a certain house, like I, I can visualize a time when that house was like flourishing and like the best time of that. It, it, I don't know if that sounds weird, but like, no, that doesn't sound I can weird. visualize a decade where that house was like full of love and yes. the people there cared about it. And, or I'll see a church and I'll visualize just like, and it'll be the same thing every single time. I don't know if it's like an energetic imprint on that land or whatever. But there's one church I drive by, and for some reason, I just visualize, like, this Easter from decades ago yeah. every time <laughs> I drive by it and all these people on the lawn. So I draw a lot of inspiration from that, actually. Oh, wow. So you're, like, a time-traveling little, like, like witch-making all these crazy concoctions. That's really cool. Yeah, I get really... I get fascinated by these different like time periods and these things that I can't help but think of like every time I drive by a specific thing. And then it inspires me to create, you know, like a fifties, 1950s Christmas witch collection. Oh my gosh. I love, I'm like, is that what you're working on right now? (laughs) No, I, we, we did that in the past. Um, right now we're working on Christmas, but, or Yule or whatever you, you know, Mm-hmm. want to call it call the same shit um oh wait can I curse yes <laughs> absolutely I encourage okay. it <laughs> um but yeah right now we're working on Christmas but uh my favorite collections to work on are actually like spring and summer because I don't feel like confined to a specific type of theme you know uh, yeah there's like more because of, of course in the holidays it's like very like you can't really deviate away from you know, Samhain or Yule at all. And then even Valentine's yeah, so Day. For this spring, we did a Roaring Twenties collection. Um, and we themed it around secret societies, <gasps> which honestly felt super fitting given the year yes. that 2020 has been. Yeah. Did you do, did so, you do any like, in, like find any new interesting secret society research or where did you pull from when you put it together? So we did, um, I, we had a couple different products. Like we had an odd fellows product that had a key in it, you know, for like the key to the secret occult knowledge. Um, yes. and we, we had uh, a tea room bath bomb that was about like designed around the tea rooms of the 1920s and the early 1900s. Um, so that was like women's perfume and uh, well, I mean anybody's perfume really, but primarily women at that time. Yeah. Um, and, and those spaces were very like female oriented. So actually the first police, the first women police were, around in New York City to bust tea rooms, illegal tea rooms. So I oh. thought that was really interesting. That is. So I wanted to make uh, a scent designed around that. And we did another one that was like a, a speakeasy scent. Mm-hmm. And um, like this, this gun smoke, very like 1920s gangster do you feel, I, do you feel like you smell things when you're having these like time tra- time travel experiences like you're smelling the time period so I do I do have I do smell psychic smells um so sometimes I do smell things and then all other times they're just like other spirits 
or one time I had this predictive um, psychic scent experience where my neighbor downstairs, uh, for some reason, over her room, I just kept smelling baby powder for like months mm-hmm. on and off. Um, and then she she found out she was pregnant. Oh. So, and then after that, after she had her baby, I never smelled it again. Oh, that's so weird. I've had things like that happen to me too. Like the last, the last apartment that I was living in, I was like, they were, they were trying to find a roommate and the day they found their roommate, I kept smelling a dog in my room and I didn't have a dog at that point. Mm-hmm. And I found out the person who was moving into my room was bringing a dog. And I was like, oh, like that was kind of cute and endearing. But then there was one time when for like an entire day, I was smelling and feeling, you know, when you like do cocaine and it like drains down <laughs> the back of your throat. You know what I'm talking about? Um, you don't have, you can play, never no. mind. You don't have to. I don't, I don't. <laughs> okay. So that's a thing I, that like maybe you've heard other people talk about, but there's like um almost like a chemical taste that like runs down the back of your throat. And yeah, um, yeah. I don't do cocaine, but I did in college. Like, you know, I've, I've no, tra- I'm not judging you. I like even remotely. <laughs> I know, but I also don't want people to think that this is like a reference I'm bringing up from last week or something. <laughs> this yeah, is exactly. <laughs> but I sm- I kept having that for like a day and like a day or two. And then I found out that my friend's ex-boyfriend died because he was snorting Coke and it was laced with something. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like a lot of people, you have to be really mindful to notice the scent changes or even like, you know, um, contribute it to maybe something out of your surrounding. It's a very subtle sense. So I feel like a lot of people don't even realize when it's happening to them. Yeah, I agree with that too. And even I think that sometimes when it is happening, it's really hard to, like so much of psychic ability is hindsight. You know what I mean? Because it's like you were smelling Mm -hmm. baby powder, but like you probably weren't like, oh, she's going to get pregnant. You're probably like, why the hell am I smelling baby powder? Yeah, well, now I think next time I do smell baby powder, I'm going to be like, okay someone's yeah. getting pregnant because <laughs> I have like the experience of it but mostly up until that point I've only ever smelt people um who have passed on uh you know I have a couple of very distinctly smelling people that drop in every once in a while so like my grandmother and my grandfather um my grandfather is like uh a hardened war vet who just smells like cigarettes and my grandmother smells like mothballs and <laughs> they're, they come together now uh, that she's passed on. So it's kind of hard to miss the smell of mothballs and cigarettes, especially when I don't use either one of those things in my house. Yeah. So No, I smell tobacco smoke with my grandfather, like a pipe. But what do you, do you feel like, do you try to connect with them when you smell them? Like what's usually your response to that? Um, usually it's more like an intuitive knowing. Um, so the way I sense spirit is kind of just like a little bit of scent and then a little bit of also feeling like a nag. If they want me to do something, it's usually like a nagging feeling. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, my grandfather, when he was trying to like get me to do something, I was feeling like this constant internal pressure to dig into my ancestry. And it was almost like as the pressure became stronger, like I, I just had to do it. And I ended up finding out that my grandmother has a brother and sister that she doesn't know about just from going through like records and things like that, because I got so obsessed with it from this constant seemingly pressure from somewhere else yeah so what did so this did you find that out before or after she had passed um so she my my grandmother's still alive oh so this is the other i called her got it okay oh my god this is crazy juicy keep going (laughs) (laughs) 
So I, well, I found out the night that I was going to New Orleans to go to WrestleMania and I messaged my family. They're in Columbia. So I, I found them on Facebook and I was like, are you related to this man? And I sent them a picture of my great grandfather and they were like, yes, we've been looking for you guys for so long, but last names in America don't work the same way. So we couldn't find you. Oh my God. And they sent me a picture of my aunt from high school that I guess my great grandfather gave to them. And yeah. So we FaceTimed um, and you know, spoke very broken English Spanish to each other. And then the next day I called, I think it was like Easter or something or it was around Easter. I called and my entire family was together and I was like, Hey, uh, grandma, you you have a brother and sister in Columbia. Oh my gosh. And she, she was just like floored by that. She had no idea. Was she like, yeah, I mean, how do you respond to that at that age, too? Well, you know what? I think eventually, well, now with COVID, I don't know if she's going to be able to go, but she travels South America all the time. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of, you know, strange that she hasn't, she didn't know. I don't know. But um, I think she's going to try and visit, except her sister is like 98 right now. So with COVID, that makes it very... Yeah. difficult but they may never meet but she still could possibly meet her brother who's a little bit younger oh my gosh but still even to just know and be able to make that connection that's amazing and to just have that be like <laughs> you were getting bossed around into uncovering that information yeah so that's not that's not even the first time that's happened <laughs> what? What? Um, i'm like when else did this happen <laughs> so so this has happened to me twice Exactly two times. Um, the other time I, I've gotten some, so I had this weird dream when I was like 13, um, where I was walking through a forest and there was all of these dead guys in trees with their eyes wide open in horror. And like, I've literally dreamt about way scarier stuff like I've dreamt about like demons and all kinds of scary shit and this was was seemingly benign compared to some of the nightmares that I've had but horrified me like deeply horrified me on a level that felt extremely real yeah like visceral um yeah so I I couldn't go to sleep the next night which is also unusual I've never really had a nightmare that has made me feel afraid to go to sleep the second night um and I you know eventually just moved on with my life I never thought about it well I mean I think about the dream but I never really like you know invested too much in this dream until I was watching that movie um I can't remember what it was called it was about Nazi zombies that came out a couple years ago you know what I'm talking about? Nazi zombies. Overlord. Okay. I'm not. Is that what it was called? I may, have, I may have missed the Nazi zombie movie. <laughs> anyway, uh, I really like heart movies. So, um, it, it, it's, you know, bonus points if, if you're killing both zombies and Nazis. That's true. Anyway. That's true. That's hard to, that's hard to argue against. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, in the beginning of the movie, they are you know, flying in this plane, all these soldiers getting ready to go to Germany to fight the Nazi, the Nazis, literally, you know, they're Nazi zombies. But anyway, so they're going to fight the Nazis and uh, they, their, their planes get shot down and the guy's walking through the woods and all of these guys are in the trees and their eyes are wide open and in horror and they're dead. And I realized like that second in the movie theater watching the Nazi zombie movie, that that's exactly what my dream was about. And oh, I was like, holy God. fucking shit. And so then I felt this weird, like, after I got home and I was in my space, like, I felt this weird feeling wash over me that was just like, well, now you know, you know. And my other grandfather, the one that smells like cigarettes, his father left 
when he was very young. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, I kind of feel he's less he's less pressury than my my great grandfather from Colombia. I I feel him reaching out to me. So I was like, you know what? Let me give this another look and see if I can find info about his dad and find out what went on. Right. And this, just a couple weeks ago, I found out. I found everything I needed to know about him. I found out where he lived. I found um, all these different records. But the craziest one that I found was that he he was in D-Day and he was the first wave. Oh, my God. And he survived D-Day. But I think probably the trauma of going through D-Day is, is what stopped him from being like a good father to my grandfather. And so alcoholism has rammed through that family line, I think because of the trauma that maybe he endured or his father who was also a vet. Yeah. I mean, that's such a, that's such a good point though, that like one person's trauma could manifest into alcoholism, but that trauma because addiction becomes hereditary and we, like can yeah like it can sort of continue to propel forward yeah so you know that's now I you know I've been working with my mother and trying to help her heal mm-hmm. all of her you know alcoholism and stuff like that and so that's why it's important honestly to look into your ancestry if you're trying to heal traumas not only in this lifetime but the traumas of your family And I feel like now that I know that info, that I can be the end of that trauma in this bloodline. Right. Because you can sort of understand it and help it become resolved. So it's, it's weird when you hear the ancestors calling, you just kind of like, you know, you got to do it. Yes. Because yeah, I mean, because they're trying to tell you something, like actually trying to tell you something. I think that, you know, you have to be the type of person who's willing to sort of like, you know, it's shadow work in some ways, you know, to look, even if it's not your own shadow, to look at your family's shadow as well. Yeah, it's just so interesting. There's so much there that you can just, you know, uncover and realize about yourself too. Like all these weird, strange things that I've uncovered so many different things through my ancestry that I've been like, okay, well, this thing in my life makes total sense now. Yeah. It's so crazy to me, too, that you were just like that. That dream started happening when you were 13 and what it's like 20 years later. Then you watch the movie and it sort of comes full circle. But this is like something that's never made sense to you up until this point. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, it the first time it's horror movies trigger a lot in me. And I think they bring me to the point where I can have like a visceral reaction to something and it triggers something else right um so they've actually been like weirdly healing in my life just um the first time I had that dream I I watched the Blair Witch Project oh my god I love the Blair Witch like, <laughs> I didn't think it was scary or anything so that's why I thought the dream was so unusual because I was like okay what where is this coming from you know <laughs> yeah yeah and and then like with my trauma that was like another horror movie that made me realize like okay my trauma is worse than I thought it was um or even like that I had trauma because I think up until that point I thought I was just I'm just fine you know and then watching Overlord I was like holy shit there's another fucking realization you know I think that that's but if you go ahead sorry if you think about it, uh, a lot of like the life that we live today is not really the life that our ancestors lived. And um, they saw like a lot more gore and horror than we did. And bringing, watching those things can really bring weird hidden memories, whether they're in our DNA or they're in spirit or whatever, whatever you believe. Because, you know, certain schools of thought think that you can unlock memories through your DNA. It's literally like why people are afraid of the dark. Oh. Um, you know, because of like 
one generation learns to fear the dark and then the next generation is afraid of the dark. They don't know why. Yeah. I mean, we see like we see it even in just like animal breeding where they like breed animals based off of their temperament. So there is something to be said about like, you know, where where we're getting these sort of fears from as well. Yeah. So I think if you see something like in a movie that you're not going to experience in real life, um, then it can kind of trigger those memories that are locked in your DNA. Have you ever done any sort of like regression meditation or like played with anything like that? Or does it usually just like come for you? Like, like it'll come for you when it's time for you to deal with it. I, so I haven't done past life regression. Um, I'm, I'm also like very weird about like allowing people like, doing any type of hypnosis or things like that right. I don't know if it's just because of my my PTSD and like not trusting people in my personal spiritual space I don't know but I've never really done that so it just kind of like comes to me naturally yeah I mean I get what you're it, I get what you're saying though about like not necessarily being trust because I mean I think that past life regression there are so many frauds out there and like unless you're a licensed hypnotherapist you have no business doing that (laughs) yeah and then even then like you really gotta just like any other doctor spiritual leader whomever you have to vet the people that you go to really really well and also um the same thing applies to like energy work for me I'm really I, I wouldn't allow a lot of people who do energy work to do energy work on me because you know if somebody's not doing the same thing for themselves and they're not in a good place. And I don't, I don't want their energy yes. influencing my energy. No, I think that's so true. And the same thing with readers, like, and you know, I think this is becoming more and more of an issue as like popular, like as like witchcraft and the occult has become more popular over the last like five to 10 years that there are like people who are not qualified, you know, because they're not, they haven't done the work and they're like, trying to lead people down a spiritual or healing path, but they're like a mess. Yeah. It's interesting because, um, it's something that people actually joke about in the, the crafter space and the indie like bath product space about becoming like a hobby and a business all at the same time. Like, you know, a lot of people will open a business, before they know what they're doing mm-hmm. in the crafter space. And I see the same thing sometimes in um, the spiritual space. No, I think that's so true. That's so true. I'm curious. Because you could be interested. Like, what? it's okay. I know our generation, uh, you know, we feel like we have to monetize literally every single thing that we do. And, yeah. um, like, it's okay to just have hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> If you're interested in tarot cards, like you don't have to start a business on it just because you're interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do feel called to start a business later, then you have finally have the experience to do so. But if you just like bought a tarot deck two months ago, no, then (laughs) you know what I'm saying? No, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. You need to, you need to know what you're, what you're doing. You can't be like referencing your book in the middle of a reading or like, (laughs) Yeah, and it's not even coming from a place of, like, gatekeeping or whatever. It's just coming from a place of um, caring for the customer and the person paying you money. Uh, You have to, you know, consider the person that you're giving advice to because a lot of people take that advice very seriously. No, it's true. It's true. You have to, like, you have to find you have to find your ability to relay information while maintaining discernment. And like it, for me, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on, you know, to do a good job and to not be reckless with the advice that I give, but I don't see that in every reader that exists, you know? So it's just, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been reading my own tarot cards for myself for years and people ask me all the time, like, do you do readings? And I I don't because the pressure to to tell somebody, I I just, (laughs) I don't do hair for the same reason. Like I can't, it's just too stressful. It can be stressful. It can. And you know, sometimes there'll be like people who try to like, um, 
push, like direct the narrative of the reading. And I'm just kind of like, that's not what I see. Like it can be hard. So you just like, you just really have to know what you're doing. And there, there has to be a grace that goes into it as well. So I don't know. I was curious. Yeah, I totally agree. I was curious if, um, with Samhain coming up and with like the veil getting thinner, do you notice, oh my gosh, <laughs> right when I say the veil getting thinner, there's like a crazy noise in the background. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a, I, I live by a train station, so the train just pulled in. Oh my gosh, I love that. That was good timing. <laughs> so it's yeah. like the conductor ghost wants to be known. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you notice more, do you notice more activity as we, as like you get closer into Samhain? Um, oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. And my daughter notices it now too. So it's like extra cause there's two sets of eyes in our house and we notoriously live in like haunted houses. So our house right now is a hundred years old and especially with like COVID going on the uptick of spiritual activity just in the tri-state area alone um we've definitely noticed more spiritual activity for sure your daughter she's in she's tapped into it too yeah she is totally i she um I'm just mm-hmm. like, I always want to pick apart the brains of parents with intuitive children. What is that like? So she she does see ghosts sometimes. Um, and, you know, it's just like normal everyday life, but it's like an occasional ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't make like, a big deal about it. I, and I don't like when people make a big deal about it either. And I don't like when people don't believe her. So it's kind of like a thing where I'm just like, you do you. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, if somebody tries to get her to like see ghosts for them, because you know, their own emotional thing that rubs me the wrong way too. Um, so it's just like a weird, I just like a weird protective mom of a spiritual child. Well, yeah, no, that makes sense. Have you like tried to give her advice or guidance on like how to navigate it and like how to protect herself with it? So, um, I, I have like a lot of spiritual women in my life too, that also see the same thing in her. And they're like, Oh, when she gets older, she needs to come to me. Like my, my friend, Juliet, um, she's a seer. And so she sees spirits all the time. And she's like, you know, as her ability gets stronger, like you need to let me help her. (laughs) Yeah. But we're very protected. Like we our our home is warded. And, um, we have like, except for, we have a little, little ghost boy who lives in our house and we have, you know, she has her own crystal collection and protective crystals that she puts near her bed when she sleeps because she has really interesting dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has her own altar and all kinds of cute stuff. So, you know, I, I teach her how to just mentally deal with like the dreams that she has and stuff like that right because you've obviously had a lot of experiences with dreams yourself yeah I know that so sorry go ahead so so the crystals by her bed honestly really help a lot and then I try um especially when I used to sleep in her bed I would not bring any of my crystals to bed or any herbs I was like did not do any dream magic when she wanted me to sleep in her bed. Oh yeah. Cause you know, that makes total sense. Does, what kind of crystals does she yeah. keep by her bed? So right now she has amethyst and peacock or by her bed. Oh, good choices. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you're doing dream magic for yourself, does, does your husband ever like have weird dreams when you do stuff? <laughs> No, you know, I, he has, like, really normal dreams. <laughs> so he thinks my dreams are absolutely nuts. Um, like, his are just very normal. Just I, I can't even conceptualize having a normal dream because my dreams are just crazy. So out there. Do you feel like you... Like the old, Go ahead. The closest thing I have to a normal dream is, like, an anxiety dream. I used to have them when I was working for other people where I would like to be counting money 
over and over again and it would never be like the amount that it was supposed to be like those are the most normal dream I've ever had oh wow that still sounds awful that sounds like a terrible dream to have those are the worst they're worse than actual nightmares with really scary things honestly have do you have you had dreams where you felt like there was like something that like wanted your power or your energy uh you know what I'm I'm actually pretty I, I think the fact that I don't really hear anything is what guards me or protects me in a weird way no totally um, totally I definitely felt like weird presences of things. Um, like one time I had sleep paralysis and I felt the, the presence of something with like a very long neck in my bedroom. I don't know. It was very strange. Um, but then I woke up to sleep paralysis and I went, holy shit, I'm in sleep paralysis. And they went, holy shit, I'm in sleep paralysis. This is kind of cool. <laughs> And then I took like a couple deep breaths and snapped out of it. So like nothing really freaks me out yeah. as far as the dream world is concerned. Uh, I feel like if you do get freaked out by that stuff, then maybe it's not the best work for you to be doing because I feel like that's when you become vulnerable. Like, honestly, the best thing you can do, in my opinion, if something shows up in your house is ignore it um, yeah. and don't give it like an ounce of your energy. If I feel like something's visiting me at night, I just kind of turn it over, turn over and I'm like, all right, you're pathetic. Bye. Yeah. And then, it gets, it gets bored or it doesn't like it, it loses its magic because you're not feeding it. Yeah. So that's kind of the way I've always gone. And we used to live, my husband and I used to live near a police station and a hospital and it was really active in that area um and sometimes i've things would kind of like in in my i don't know this isn't like scientific fact or anything but in my opinion things pass through our house all the time yeah wandering from all of that energy and he would notice it and go hey do you think and i'd be like no we're we're not gonna we're not even gonna think about that we're just gonna ignore it <laughs> and it would never bother us again and we wouldn't have an issue so we've just kind of done that yeah because I think when you acknowledge it you it's you sort of create a cord like your psyche is allowing is inviting it in in some ways well I mean that's like what powers the Ouija board that's what powers the seance you know like giving it attention and yeah. saying even just even just talking about ghost stories will invite ghosts yeah. into your space you know so like i i was at this one party um when i was younger and i was in a hardcore scene with hardcore music which by the yeah. way yeah. people think hardcore means a lot of different <laughs> things but hardcore music just <laughs> um and so it was like three in the morning and we were at my friend's house and her mom passed away there so we're all telling ghost stories in her living room and um, it's like all of these dudes with like neck tattoos and <laughs> I think they're really tough and they're like 25. Oh, um, I was like 17, you know, normal, normal behavior. But anyway, <laughs> so we're all talking about ghost stories and all of a sudden it sounds like a finger just runs along the piano. Oh, and everybody in the room, like all of these tattooed, like dudes who fight people, dogs piled on top of one another on the couch. <laughs> yes. They were all hugging. They were all like, and then everybody like realized what they did. And they were like, oh, you know, that, that, that could have been like a mouse or something. And so they all went back to their seats. And it happened again, and they all just started, like, putting their jackets on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Everybody left. That's so amazing. But it, it, that's all it takes is just talking about it. Um, like, I got some slack because I leave my planchette on my Ouija board in my store because I think that that it, it's not a gateway if you're not fucking using it. Yeah, it's like the you power is not turned on. It's like it's not plugged in. 
Yeah, it's like you are the one that brings the ghosts, not the boards. Otherwise, um, Toys R Us would have had a very serious problem. I mean, they, they did go out of business, but yeah, that's you know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I remember I went to Toys R Us to buy my Ouija board a couple of years ago and it was like at 930 at night right before they were closing and there was just one box that looked like looked like the corner had been like torn open and I was like that's the one I'm getting like the most fucked up like scary <laughs> gnarled one and then I asked the guy for a discount and he just like the guy at the at the like that was checking me out just seemed like so creeped out that like it was ripped open and there wasn't an explanation and that I wanted it for that reason. He was like, yeah, did not know how to handle it. It's, it's really funny the way people react to Ouija boards because a lot of people will be like, I don't believe in that witch stuff or like, I don't believe in ghosts. And then you'll have like a Ouija board and they'll like, get that the fuck away from me. <laughs> so which is it? I like, feel like- Do you or don't you? Yeah, I know. I know it's true. They're like, they don't believe in it, but they're afraid of it. I think that with like, with my Ouija board, I think that it sometimes like it wants me to play with, like, I don't know, like sometimes I feel like there's a draw to it, but I also feel like um, nothing can come through it unless I like answer the call. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I used to play with my Ouija board all the time um, when I was a kid and I, I'm obviously not going to like give one to my kid. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like <laughs> that's not happening. When she touches the one in the store, I'm like, do not touch that. <laughs> it's decoration. Don't touch but it. <laughs> we, we have, um, I have a lot of Ouija boards. I have, I, you know, I live life on the wild side. Sometimes I buy them on eBay. Nice. Um, I got one from a Goodwill once. I I have the pink one, like the sleepover party pink one. Aww. That's my favorite one. Yeah. When was but it? yeah, I don't I don't think they're very scary. Yeah, I think that they're I think that things are only as scary as you make them out to be, and then it manifests, and it's your own fault, kind of. Yeah, I think you can definitely pick up the energy off of a Ouija board. Uh, you know it. It definitely like carries the energy of a tool, like anything does, like psychometry. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Um, That's actually one thing I put in our spellbox book is to go to the thrift store and buy something if you want to practice psychometry. Buy something, anything really. It doesn't even have to be like a haunted doll. It could be like a ring, and then just hold it and try to pick up as much info as you can off of that object. Yep. I love doing that. And I also, when I'm, when I'm doing readings, if I don't, if, if someone wants to ask about someone else, but they don't have like an item or a picture of that person, I'll write down their first and last name and then I'll hold my like palm over the name and pull in the energy that way. But I think that definitely like our hands can pull in information yeah, that was the one nice thing about um, the hippie college that I went to is that it was very woo-woo. Like, we did chakra balancing, and yes. we did – I had one teacher who did psychometry with us. We learned, like, Reiki. We did hypnosis, um, all kinds of things. But that was one of the best classes was the time that we did psychometry as a class because we basically took off everybody took off one thing and put it in like a box or like took something out of their purse or whatever and then you would have to pick it out and everybody kind of try to guess from the energy that they picked up off of it who it belonged to oh my gosh what school is this it was Everglades University it's like one of those colleges that definitely looks like like an ITT tech type of program right (laughs) but there's some real value there yeah of course that's where I learned like all of my herbalism background, like Ayurveda, naturopathy. The courses are definitely legit, um, but there's a lot of woo-woo too. Right. Well, I like that combination though. I want I want both. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. When you're trying to do like a Ouija board or even hold like host a seance, 
what sort of like, what sort of tools and what sort of like, um, like what's the ritual look like for you? Um, so I don't really play with Ouija boards anymore. Um, but I used to with my friend. Hold on one, hold on one second. Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so whenever I've played with the Ouija board before, it's always been like kind of, you know, unplanned with a bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. And it's ranged from ev- anything to like lighting a candle for each person that was there. It was just kind of like, you know, punk rock, teenage witchcraft. Yeah, of course. Been there. <laughs> um, <laughs> the craziest time that we've ever had wild results was when I was 13. Mm-hmm. I was at a new friend's house. And this is a friend who has since passed on and still visits me to this kid. To this day, but um, we pricked our finger. <laughs> we made our own Ouija board. We pricked <laughs> our finger. And we wiped it on the Ouija board. That's and, amazing, you little yeah. creeps. You're 13. <laughs> yeah, I love it. We um, we wrote our names on the board, and we all lit a candle for each of us. And the shit this board was telling us was crazy. I mean, like, it started telling us all about my friend's mother who had passed on. uh, And there were times her hand was not on the board. And also, we were using a a Blink-182 Dude Ranch CD as the eye. Oh, my God. I love Um, so much about this story. (laughs) So, we're playing it, and it starts, her hand's not on the board. It starts telling us all of this stuff about her mom, um, about how she just abandons her kids and goes wherever and how she does terrible things um, and how she's abusive. And then it spells out evil is coming now. And the second it hit the W, her mom walked in the house. Oh, my God. How did she feel when it was saying it about her mom? I mean, the second time that I went to my friend's house, I saw my friend's mom hit her with a hockey stick. So she it wasn't lying. Uh, her her mom really was like straight up evil. Um, but anyway, so then things got progressively insane for the rest of the night. Like the the cat her cats were freaking out all night long. They were like horrified. Um, in the middle of the night, we were all sleeping on this, like, futon bed together. It was four of us. Uh, and this box just flew off the shelf and hit my friend in the head. And then uh, we had a glass of V8 uh-huh. because, you know, her mom was just, like, only had desperate alcoholic drinks in the house. Right. Even though she had, like, three kids. Yeah. And this drink just, like, it moved off of the other box. And then just kind of like hovered for a second before falling all over all of us. Oh my gosh. And then after that, I started hearing this sound and I, it sounded like, I can't even describe the sound that I heard, uh, like maybe like the underworld. I don't know. It was just like this very, like, like this trudging sound that almost sounded like, I, I don't, I can't even explain it. And it would not go away. Like my friend was like, no, it's the dishwasher and like shut the dishwasher off, but it was still there. Um, and yeah, and that's basically how the night ended. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Then it was morning. It was like, we survived the evil dead and (laughs) it never anything crazy like that happened again, you know? Yeah. Did you, was it, did you say you made the Ouija board or you just put your blood on it? Yeah. Okay. So you made, did you throw it away? What did you do with it? I I don't even know, honestly. Like we really didn't put that, we were like 13 year old punk rock kids. We did not put that much thought into it. Yeah. And so like how to like, you know, close out portals after you've opened them. And- yeah. This was something we did like regularly. We were like, let's see who's around yes oh that sounds like what it was like when I was that age this is why I'm like I'm so sad we didn't live in the same city (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, well, I I can't imagine what we might have conquered. It would have been somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trump wouldn't be president. We would have just fixed everything. <laughs> I wanted yeah, to... I, sorry, go ahead. No, it's just crazy to think about. Just like I would never do that now. And like, you know, a lot of people are like, online, the people are very serious and they're like, you absolutely cannot do this. And it's like, we all know that you did that when you were like 12. Like, who are you kidding on, on Twitter? Like, yeah, I hate when people try to you just know? like, I hate when people anyway, just try to police like what other people should and shouldn't be doing. It's like, look, lady, I got into this so that you, no one would tell me what to do. And that's why I'm here. Like I'm here for yeah. that. <laughs> and also like we're judging baby witches for thinking that they're going to hex the moon or whatever. Like they're 12. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Like people brought that up to me. I was like, I, I mean, that seems like a bad idea, but I don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't even think it was like a real thing. I think it's just like that's, people trolling like somebody. Yeah, that's what I heard that, huh? that it was a hoax or it didn't actually happen. No, it's it's definitely a hoax. Like somebody mentioned it on someone's live on TikTok. And then somebody commented on my TikTok and they're like, I hexed the moon. Sorry. And I just responded like, LOL. OK, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Yeah. like okay. um, But I just don't. I think the most fascinating part about that was like how many adults took it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like they're, they're just kids. Like they're just kids being kids. They, you know, they can't hex the moon. I know they can't hex the moon. Why are we all taking this? So yeah. Seriously? Just like let them live their little baby weirdo lives. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it just, it's so interesting to observe which space, witchcraft in a space where everything is online and everything is like a public announcement of what you're doing. That's true. Cause it was not, it wasn't like that when we were, when we were kids, it was just sort of like you went to hot topic and got a pentacle necklace. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you before I let you go, I wanted to ask because I know that you have like, um, a vast knowledge of herbalism and even just like ritual baths and things like that. I wanted mm -hmm. to, I wanted to ask you a little bit about sort of like people, especially when they're new into this sort of thing, they're always trying to figure out like ways that they can work with the, the energy of Samhain. And I'm just curious, like what your sort of, what your sort of recommendations are when it comes to that. Well, there's a lot of things you can do. And I'll, like, I feel like people overthink it. It's usually the most obvious thing. Like, you could put apples in your vest. You could slice them like pentacles, like the, you know, the natural pentacle inside the apple. You can slice the apple that way and put them in your bath. Um, you could put mums or marigolds in your bath. Right now, those are really good for especially venerating ancestors. Um, I The coffin bath bomb that I created is just the same thing as using like a spell candle that's shaped a specific way. Yeah. So it's a coffin. And the way that you would use it is you can use it to end things in your life. Like I'm laying this to rest. Or you can use it to honor a loved one. Um, one of them that I made is called rest in peach and I made it in honor of one of my friends who has passed on. So you can use that to honor the dead. And basically when you put it in the water, it activates it just like lighting a candle. Um, you can use, if you want to do divination, Dan, or, I mean, talk to spirits dandelions are actually really great for that oh, um, I never heard that one because well their root reaches so deep that it is said to reach into the underworld and so that's why it's good for um talking to the dead oh my gosh I love that yeah because the root of a dandelion can actually go about 13 feet into the ground holy crap 13 feet yeah that's insane. That's like a tree. <laughs> yeah. It's, if it's like left to its own devices. So it, 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 it's both for wishing and also for venerating the dead. Oh my gosh. 
I love that. I love I love that because it's like the perfect meeting of the ether and the material kind of because it's like that roots are just like yeah. so grounding. But then it's like, you know, it's very much so like and uh, like uh, as above, so below type of plant. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. And of course, you've got like a whole line of different products that go along with the season as well that they can get in store or online. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, just, just moving with the season and using the seasonal stuff, um, you know, sunflowers and figs and pumpkins. I put pumpkins in my bath. Um, pomegranate juice. If you want to take a ritual bath that is like bathing, you know, like a blood bath, like a for real type of blood bath then you could use pomegranate juice because it's actually like using the wood oh i have pomegranates <laughs> yeah I, mean, I might need to take a pomegranate bath yeah and and so from what i've researched on pomegranate um it can be substituted for blood in some rituals but like what i like about pomegranate is it has that like dark goddess energy yeah well, it's affiliated with so Persephone, it's perfect for I this think. time of year. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I were actually doing an episode about pomegranate soon on Elder Hour, and um, it it goes so much deeper than just Persephone. Like that's barely scratching the surface. Um, it's just so fascinating the entire story of pomegranate. <laughs> it's really something. I've like I ha- I totally like I will. I'm just going to have to start listening because it sounds so cool to just be able to zone out, but also learn about the folklore of herbs. Cause I've never thought about the folklore of herbs. I mean, outside of like the mythology, but I never really thought about like going through them one by one and getting like as deep as you can get with the research. It really is super fascinating because they all have so many stories like, like walnuts, for example, Walnuts, their scientific name, they're called jugglins, um, <laughs> which literally means the god of Jupiter's nuts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so there's like so much like weird, interesting shit that you can find out about plants. And it just makes it like fun and interesting. And I also like just walking around and knowing what plants are around me. I think it's weird yeah. that we live in a society where we go outside and we have no fucking idea what any of the plants or trees are, are, are around us. And it also just helps you feel more connected to the earth in general. So like acknowledge a tree and like see a tree and know what it is and just be inspired and fascinated by it, you know, instead of just walking by it. It it just makes life more fascinating in general. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, that once you have a little bit of plant knowledge, like if I'll notice, like if I'm hiking and I'm seeing a specific type of plant more than other plants, I'll think about like, okay, why is this, why am I gravitating towards this plant or why am I seeing it so much? And what is the, like, what are the healing properties of it? And is there something I need to be bringing into my life or my you know, to get my balance together. Yeah, that is totally your intuition. Um, like, so I had a detora plant. I live in a downtown area. I had a detora plant just randomly sprout up in the parking lot where I live. Aww. And I'm like, this is so fucking weird. And then another one sprouted up. Um, and I've never seen it in New Jersey ever. I spent tons of time in the woods. So it kind of seems significant and then I felt really drawn to harvest it on the last full moon so I did oh now I'm drying out the seed pods um but yeah if you're feeling like intuitively drawn towards a plant then you probably should be working with it how do you identify plants when you're not sure what they are because that's sometimes where I get hung up where I'm like I don't know what this is (laughs) I have an app called PlantNet. PlantNet, and you just you just take a picture of the plant and it identifies it. Perfect. <laughs> Writing that one down. You right can there. do it. Yeah, you can do it by leaves, the fruit, or the flower. Yeah, I used to. I have an app like that, 
but it's not good. So I think that I need to just try this one instead. It's like a community app. So a lot of people, it'll show you other people's photos of that plant too. And it gives you like a few things that it could possibly be. And then you can identify it from there. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Well, this was awesome. Thank you so much. I'm like, I will talk to you forever, if, <laughs> but I would need to like round, yes. round this out at a decent, at a decent time. Um, is there anything that yeah. you want to like promote or if people want to find you online, how should they do that? Um, well, they can follow me on Instagram. My personal Instagram is at stay at home, Witch, and then my business one is at which baby soap. Um, I'm also at which baby soap on Twitter and on TikTok. I'm at Chelsea, the witch. Awesome. And then your podcast has an Instagram too, right? Oh, yes. At Elder Hour. Perfect. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Oh, thank you. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking soon. Yes. I hope for many more interesting witchy herb conversations in the future. Yes. Just no blood magic Ouija boards. Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks again for tuning into the Glittercast. I want to remind you guys that I'm drawing names for the winners of my raffle on Halloween. And that is for anyone who sends me a screenshot of their written five-star review. And I'm drawing five winners. I was going to announce the winners today, but I wanted to give everyone a little bit of an extra chance to get their entries in. So go ahead and send in your five-star written reviews. You can email them to me at theglittercast at gmail.com or on Instagram uh, at rainbowglitterstar or at theglittercast. You can also find me online, rainbowglitterstar.com. And uh, check me out every Thursday at 7 p.m. on YouTube where Sal from The Crooked Path and I host our live stream, Betwixt the Shadows. I hope you guys all have a wonderful Samhain. I'll be back next week on November 3rd, which is election day and my birthday with Lisa Stardust. And we discuss the astrology of the election, basically. Have a great week.